welcome to episode 129 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined as always by Matthew Figuera. I mean, I've just realized my mic is very loud. I'm just put that down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technical issues Join, abound today. I'm using, me, yeah. I'm using a different microphone because my regular one is not here at the moment. So, I mean, I feel so privileged because I'm saying my spare microphone is a Blue Yeti. And listen, this microphone's nice. It's the one all them streamers use. But I, for the love of God, cannot figure out how to deal with the sensitivity on this thing. So, so yeah, if, if, if the sounds a little you bit... you hear a bit of that reverb, you know. If you like, is. damn, Alessandro grew up over the weekend. It didn't I mean, happen. It does make my <laughs> voice sound great, but in this room, it's just, it's just oh not, yeah, it's not. Have you noticed my little toys behind me are all facing your direction now? I mm. actually did not, but that uh, preparing is Preparing for weird. videos, <laughs> preparing for videos. You even have a little tortoise. Uh, I, sh- I should your... get little ambient lights. I want to get some LED strips that I can make yellow and put oh, them yeah, underneath and the desk. Them, you put them by your TV behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. gonna have some. And then and then I make the whole room dark, and then it just exposes just on my face. The, the LEDs. I mean, on you can see I'm married to an architect because my my background is just maps. It d- you know it looks like over. treasure maps. It looks like you're going <laughs> like maps. Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones vibes. You just well, you going don't know that they're not adventure. treasure maps. You can't see. Why well, do you know they're not treasure maps? Well, they could. Be. I said they look like them. So well, yeah, I mean, it might come at be. me telling me they're not treasure. Maps. What treasure would you find? I mean, what maps are they? Uh, one of them looks like a Pretoria uh, sigil. One is from. Uh, one is actually off Parkview, which is the area oh, we interesting. live in. But it's, is it, is that how you scope out your running routes? It's, no, that's, that's a good idea. I should look at them for running routes. <laughs> I can actually see it's, the LEDs on your headphones now because... That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, wait, L- Lenska's going to give us a quick... No, you do, you're too shy. Okay, okay. Okay. So okay. the one is from Parkview. The one is from Poland, I think. Oh, from... Um, yeah, was that, did you get honeymoon? it when you went there? Yeah. So like Old Town, Poland. What what map is that? Is that of... Krakow. It's Krakow. And then top right oh. London. And then bottom left is Rome. Oh, Rome. This plays beautifully on video. I mean, on map. podcast. I know. You guys have to just imagine old maps of. I do. Cities. I do like how it goes from Parkview to like Poland. Everywhere else. And then Rome. <laughs> You've got a good spread there. I mean, all I like all roads lead to Rome, didn't you know? Is that that's a song, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty sure that's a song. I mean, it's an old saying as well. Is it an old saying? Well, I guess if Rome, I guess Rome was an empire, so yeah, that makes I mean, sense. I think that's that's where the origin is. But I, I did read a funny tweet the other day where somebody said something along the lines of, "Try to leave Rome the other day, but there's something weird with the roads." <laughs> oh, get out of here! Get out of here! I, I completely the, misquoted that, but it was along along those lines. I don't know what's happened in 2021, but your jokes that you're sending me, they. They're on uh, two extremes. They're like really good and then really terrible. I've just decided this year, I'm going to forward you lots of memes. My God, that one, I, that one. So Matthew sends me a meme today of... A car dealership. Did, no, no. Okay, no, that, that one wasn't too bad. <laughs> the pasta one was stupid. Oh my God. Oh, the pasta one was it's so like, good. It's like, it, look, it looks like someone's sitting down and drowning in their own vomit. Like hey, for all you know, this person's Danny dead. DeVito. No, that's Danny DeVito. Is that Danny DeVito? Yeah, it's probably from some show. Some videos. Bullshit, he's that like didn't look like Danny DeVito. At, I'm telling you, it's Danny DeVito. He's just foaming at the mouth. Anyway, he's foaming at the mouth. And the meme is just like, 
when you turn away <laughs> from your boiling pasta for five seconds. I was just like, fucking Have you hell. ever turned away from your boiling it's pasta true. for five seconds? It's true. It just decides to overflow at that point. But Christ, exactly. that, the image was so <laughs> visceral. It, it really didn't need to be like that. <laughs> Let me just quote your, your response. That's us and that's Alison. He replies... Please hold. He says, what in the Lord's name? <laughs> I was so taken aback. It was so, it was so abrupt and abrasive. I didn't know what to oh, say. That's so good. Uh, but the best, was... the best one though is the, the one. So the cargo space one I sent you was actually sent to me by good friend Cello. And it's basically oh, of a guy. Of course, shit ask- jokes come from Cello. <laughs> Has to. It's just Has a guy to. asking the dealer, like the, the dealer, it's just his cargo space, question mark. And the dealer says, Car no do that. Cargo road. <laughs> Get out of here. That's so good. I think that's I code for, for Cello saying he wants to play Trackmania because he's saying car and road. Oh, which reminds there are, me. There are new maps out. So mm. I think uh, early mm. Feb we'll give that a bash because I'm busy streaming Celeste at the moment. And when I'm oh done God, with Celeste. Again? No, well, I, I, I played it on uh, Switch, but I'm platinuming it now on PS4. Mm. Uh, PS5. Mm. Um yeah that's just a good excuse to play twitch.tv slash hairy knees mm-hmm. if you want to see that good good platforming action oh my god i'm on the beat i'm gonna start the b-sides on tuesday so i don't think i ever finished those i i got to a point and then i'm not sure if i got busy or if i just got really tired of probably, constantly probably being both. challenged i should go back to that but now the thing is like if i go back to it my muscle, muscle memory is gone. gone but you know what you should do Play the main game again. You'll be so. It'll be so quick. You can do it in like an hour and a half, two hours. I'd I'll just say. speed run that shit. You can just speed run it, and it's a lot of fun. Like, don't yeah. worry about strawberries. You just go through as quickly as you can. I wonder because um, um, last week was awesome games done quick. The by by annual speed running. Did they have a Celeste run? They they did a Celeste run. So I saw. Where did I see it? I picked it up on Twitter somewhere today. Where it's like top ten runs from this year's oh, event cool. and one of those top 10 was celeste done with a dance mat <laughs> so, what no so way i'm very excited to watch that with it wow like with a, yeah so I'm i like, okay. have to see that i, yeah, so really I don't know how that. that is a speed run but i imagine it's very entertaining to watch that's wild i really want to see that Some, somebody shit. did um super mario 64 uh, blindfolded as well like there's some I think there was a Hades run as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I, I don't know what the conditions were, but I presume it's like a run, like a new game run from scratch, which I actually do want to try. Um, Mm. Not not a speed run necessarily, but a a run where like, can I finish the game just with nothing? No upgrades, no unlocked weapons or... If I'm not mistaken, IGN has this great series uh, where they they invite developers to like watch speed runs of their games and just kind of like... Like kind of like both react and like break yeah. down what they think is happening, and I think the one for Hades is like fifteen minutes. They like yeah. finished a run of, and I just I just can't. That's like three times shorter than what my best time is. So no, so if it, it, it's actually not. I think when they so that must have come out when the game was like maybe a few weeks old. Because mm. if I'm not mistaken, the world record speedrun is. Like I, I've got a run in Hades, which was about seventeen, eighteen minutes. That is ridiculous. Um, but shit. again, that's like pure luck. Not pure luck, but like I just the the gods smiled upon me with mm, good boons and had good combinations, whatever. But I think the speed run, if I'm not mistaken, I mean I can look it up quickly. But it's like twelve minutes, maybe Jesus. even shorter than that. It's like it's 
it's crazy and but remember the it's not 12 minutes real time it's like 12 minutes in game because the the timer does pause like when you transition through doors but still like yeah no that's still i mean i mean those areas are still quite long i think my fastest run is like 36 minutes or somewhere around there (laughs) It's. I take back what I said. Apparently, the world record is six minutes twenty nine oh seconds. Oh God! Oh I don't God. know how. I don't think I don't I've. I, I don't think I've beaten. Um, what's the first area? Um, uh, Tartarus. Yeah. Tar- 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 yeah. 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 This is no, insane. I, my favorite boss is still Lenny. I I like yeah, him a lot. Lenny, it's a good time. He's good. I, the dialogue, the bands between him and. Um, Zagreus, Zagreus is yeah. really, really good. I, I also think that boss fight's just the best one in the game. I, like, I enjoy playing that boss. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, this is uh, insane. I need to find the speed run. The bull, the bull, and the Olympian can get fucked. That boss fight sucks, <laughs> and I hate it. You know, to this you, day. you know, it's funny. Just on that, before we finally get into the actual podcast. So every now and then, when I stream, like if I fight a boss, whatever, if I have the time, I'll just export that and put it on YouTube either just for people to watch or just for my own like keepsake of like oh let me see the first time i beat this boss whatever okay so i i put the video of me beating asterius and um theseus um the first time and that video is on nearly two thousand views really i don't have a lot of of subscribers but that's clearly something people are looking up because it's like the title is beating this boss whatever and i'm sure people are looking up like how do i do this and then i just happen to be like i mean I'm, it's not millions of views but yeah that's my best performing video and <laughs> it's on that bus so I, I tell you that was the the biggest skill check in that game for me like like fighting the final end boss is tough but that boss fight i banged my head against for ages it was yeah it really even today like I can play with a really good build and if I'm not careful, they will cut yeah, me down like there. really quickly. Um, it's the most humbling boss fight in, in that entire game, I think. It's, yeah. It's, it's also just Hades, irritating. Hades is just a good game across the I still the haven't got 10, 10 clears, so still got to get there. You've got some grinding to do. Yeah, I still, still need to finish that good, good story, but mm. it's still my game of the year, man. It's still so good. <sighs> my so second good. game of the year. Talking about game of the year. <laughs> They are Let's games that we've been playing this year of our Lord 2021. My goodness. Um, this is a very uh, From Software themed episode. By complete fluke. Like, yeah. Not at all planned, but episode fluke. hashtag not sponsored by From or Bluepoint Games because, you know, they yeah. have a hand in this. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been playing Bloodborne and Alison has been playing some, some Demon Souls. Also a shocker. Yeah. yeah I, um, what can we say? Just before I went on holiday, I jumped into Demon's Souls again because I was hopping between it and other games, you know, during yeah. the PS5 launch. Um, so after finishing Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, okay, let me... I'm actually running out of things to play on the PS5, I won't lie. Like, I'm having that dilemma, like, what do I play? You know what I, I mean? I have that on my Switch at the moment. Yeah, so, uh, I can I understand that. I finished Spiritfarer, by the way. I won't talk about that this week, but I did finish Spiritfarer. I need and to I was finish like, that still. that's cool. I fin- and that took 30 hours, which granted, I did not expect the game to take up that much of my time. It's quite time. long, yeah. Um, but now I'm like, huh, what do I play? The, next, the next Nintendo game is, uh, is it Super Mario 3D World? 
Bowser's yeah. Fury. On the that's 11th in, of February? Yeah, so I'm like, that's a couple of weeks away still. And then after that's Monster Hunter. But I'm in this weird place now where I'm like, I don't actually have anything new to play on my Switch. So I'm mm. like, huh. So it's the same problem you have with the PS5 where there's this weird rare moment at the beginning of the year. Like there's a reason I'm playing celeste again because i'm like i don't have review games or anything but I've it's it's the best because now you have like space to do these things do like you've been stuff, wanting yeah. to platinum celeste for like a year i feel like yeah now i can and i, I platinum bloodborne as well because mm. you know i actually had the chance to do it so yeah Just so you a, a quick aside on bowser's uh well super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury which is such of a boast so it's crazy <laughs> um i i showed that trailer to shani because i'm trying to get her into playing more switch she she started breath of the wild and uh let me tell you you take you take for granted being able to just control a camera in a third person it's like so foreign to her and fascinating to watch um but did did we not talk about this last week did we talk about it off i can't i can't remember because lenska's playing immortals phoenix rising yes the reason she's playing it on PC is because I've recommended Breath of the Wild like more times than I can count and she's reluctant because she doesn't want to use the controller. controller. She's much more comfortable on keyboard and mouse. So I I understand Shani's frustration. I was thinking about it the other day because yeah, I I remember us discussing this, but I think if you're starting out, like because you're so used to like a keyboard and mouse, like the idea of this mouse moves your head seems Mm. probably a bit more natural than this i mean i remember playing first person shooters back before uh, which game was it that introduced the you know the way we we interface with like first person shooters now is not how they always used to be Um, using a mouse was like not a thing i know but (laughs) even on controllers like i remember playing an old james bond game called uh, nightfire and the default control scheme there wasn't what first person shooters are now like your turning would be on the left stick and your strafe yeah. would be on the right stick. And it mm. took me a long time to adapt to what is, you know, yeah. now. So, like, I get it. Like, especially if you haven't played any games, you mm. know, getting used to the sticks just in general is, um, yeah, it's a thing. But anyway, I showed her the uh, the trailer of Bowser's uh, Fury because it's co-op, uh, mm. which is pretty cool. And she was like, well, I guess that's Valentine's Day plan sorted. And I was like, <laughs> oh, did you get I, down a one I, 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 I didn't. I didn't mean to like <laughs> imply it. She's like, "Well, we can't go out because of COVID or anything, so might as well just play Mario." And I was just that like, is "Amazing! I love this. <laughs> this has worked out so perfectly." You looked at her. She was probably like, "What? You like? I've never loved you more than I yeah. do." <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to play as a Super Saiyan Mario Cat with you on Valentine's That's Day. So good. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, I'm excited for that. But um, yeah, yeah, I. What were we talking about? Demon Souls. Demon Souls. That's it. Uh, got back to Demon Souls, and I finished it. And I really, really, really like that game. I think it's okay. Man Eater can get fucked. That boss mm-hmm. absolutely sucks. Like I hate it. I hate it it so is much. the only boss in the game that I really did not enjoy um, mm. at all. Uh, I'm glad that the out of all the bosses in the game, it is the one with the least, uh, let's say, difficult path to get back to because the the one thing that i you know going back to demon souls there's a lot of lessons you can see that from software learned from demon souls because there are things in there that from a design perspective i think are just bad like the 
the massive journeys you need to take to replay bosses, I think is bullshit a lot of the time. Um, And I think, I mean, if you look at Dark Souls 1 and even Bloodborne, the lanterns aren't always by the boss, but there's always a shortcut that can get you pretty close, you know? Like, Mm. um, I mean, mean, you think of, you played Bloodborne now, you think of the lantern by Orphan of Koz or... Or the lantern it's, it's by close, yeah. the lantern by Ludwig, like yeah, that okay. The lantern by Ludwig, you can miss one hundred percent. Yeah, like oh, that yeah. one in the church. Just, yeah. But if you find it, getting back to him is pretty simple. Like yeah. Demon Souls has none of that. Like you just got to fucking just deal with the fact that but, you're going to have to replay those stages over and over again. But in in their defense, so like they definitely improved it, but they did give some thought to it because. Although the lantern or the fires or whatever are whatever not they are, yeah. close, um, there's definitely some thought to it because if you think of like I hear you, they are a lot further than what we take for granted. Mm. But there was still some thought given to it. So if you take uh, like Flame Lurker, for example, like there is actually a shortcut there, yeah. but it's just a thing of you platforming down through and also beams. getting through that t- uh, the tunnel with all the, oh, the, the tunnel, little miners yeah. yeah but the point is like there is still a shortcut there it's like they did still think about that and even the same with man eater it's a thing of you go through this whole area mm. like this whole whatever area that go takes you to the pits of this one place and then back to the top whatever but then to man eater it's literally you kind of loop back to the starting area and you just have to run up two staircases and you're there that, that actual so, area is like one of my favorite areas in the game though yeah the way really cool. the way it folds in on itself is like mm. it's textbook from software but i think if i played that back in 2009 for the first time being You'd like hated it. oh shit <laughs> that is cr- it's just so expertly designed it's yeah. really but yeah i i mean i get it like putting putting a lantern right in front of the the boss veil like wouldn't make sense because then then you're just like going in and out you know into the boss i i know from software spoken about you know uh tons of times that they want you to have some time between fights so that you can think about the fight yeah um and that's fine i just i feel like some of them were really extended and really cheap um yeah so but aside from that like the game itself is just i think it's phenomenal um you know it definitely requires that sort of mindset you get from playing from softer games and i think this one especially in the in the opening hours is tough mm. um i think i think it really coaxes you into a sense of false security with the first area in boletaria because that's not too bad and then the first, the first boss area is actually like a bit of a well not a pushover but it's a lot it's obviously the easiest oh, by miles by miles yeah. yeah and then the, the the phalanx the first boss is really really easy um mm. But then I feel like from Tower Night onwards, it's like, oh no, what? Welcome, welcome to Dark yeah. uh, to Demon Souls. Especially when you have to start thinking about the, these are things I never thought about in Bloodborne. Like I know in Bloodborne, you have weapons that ha- do like blunt damage and serrated damage and um, uh, like poking damage and whatever. Yeah. And I know in Bloodborne, like uh, serrated weapons are better against beasts than they are against hunters. And stuff. But mm. I never felt like I had to part prioritize anything like around that swap around between f- them yeah yeah i feel like in demon souls if you don't focus on that you're just not going to make progress because like if you don't figure out like in the mines uh, that those mining guys are weak to magic and stabbing damage like mm. you will not be able to do anything because yeah they take absolutely no damage from slashing 
and they kill you very quickly. So, you know, it's this thing like, I I had to start experimenting with like enchanting my weapons with magic or uh, using poison on enemies or Mm. using fire. And it was really cool, like learning all the ins and outs of enemies that way. Um, It felt a lot deeper uh, to a degree than than Bloodborne ever did. So I appreciated it from that level. I also appreciated that I had to play a different way because this is my first time playing a Souls game with like a shield. So like... Uh. Yeah. yeah likewise it's it's the first i mean i've played bloodborne and dark souls 3 for example um but it's the first time that i actually played this kind of game with the shield as well mm-hmm. which to be fair like it the game's still difficult but it's kind of weird how easy it can be because it's about yeah. just being patient like keep your shield up wait attack you know but it's always I, a it's always a weird thing because like i'm used to like this game compared to bloodborne you have so much less mobility um, yeah. so I'm used to like being able to roll into attacks with bosses or roll out of the way and here I'm just like I'm not getting out of the way quick enough and I'm like oh duh I've got a shield of course I can block this fucking you damage can just block you know? it. I, um, I, I was only like halfway through the game if I was like uh, like use your shield yeah because <laughs> I've got that bloodborne mentality of like I can't block it's like oh like, I, I can parry I forgot that I can like absolutely parry and visceral these guys like, yeah so it's it's all of those things combined and I was surprised at how short it was. I thought the mm. game would be longer. I, it's still long. Um, it's, I mean, what is your play? It's on like 20, 25 Yeah, hours, around about probably, there. Yeah. I, I think it was a good length actually. Um, mm. I know we were saying before we started recording, we both did the thing where we were jumping between archstones because there's basically five worlds that you can explore yeah. and like doing a boss in each. And I, I do think the game is designed for you to do that because each subsequent area in that in that world is it's much harder more difficult yeah. yeah so it was kind of weird to like get to the end of each one and be like oh i'm just ticking off the boxes on yeah. these last bosses but all of those i really really like the bosses at first mm. i was a bit like confused by them because they weren't that challenging like yeah. i think we spoke about in previous episodes how they all have a single phase they don't really change up from that yeah but eventually i just understood what from software was doing they were they really like telling stories through each of their bosses mm. um like we were talking about made in australia i think it's made in australia yeah yeah or Asteria, i don't know like she doesn't she's not a traditional boss in any sense of the word but there's a really interesting story attached to her and she's yeah. memorable because she's so different you know what i mean yeah uh, and you know other bosses like the old monk uh, that summons other players to fight you, and luckily that didn't happen to me. But like, yeah, I, yeah. So I mean, we can explain that quickly. That this is a boss basically where you get to it, and so throughout the game, like any from game, you can get invaded by other players, and they're mm. represented as like a red phantom. Did you, ever, you do, did you ever kill them? The red, yeah, yeah. I killed Hell some red yeah. phantoms. It feels yeah. so good to kill other players. Um, so great. But like, you do get not like npc red phantoms throughout the game um but what i thought this this must have been mind-blowing back in 2009 is that you get to this boss fight and i suppose i don't know how how you trigger it but i presume if you're another player and you choose to invade another player in the specific area you will spawn in as the boss like as a boss fight which is just kind of incredible because then yeah. you like you walk into the boss fight you think oh it's just a boss what am i going to do here and you're actually up against another player. It's wild. Or it's if so you're offline wild. or you're unlucky, like you will 
unlucky stash, lucky how you you were, you'll just fight a um, game controlled mm. red phantom, and it makes it's like a bit of a walk so much easier. Yeah, I, I was up against actual players, and it was just frustrating purely because there's lag. I'm from South Africa, oh. so I ended up going to offline mode, and I was like, oh, this is a walkover. <laughs> like it's so easy. I do like. I remember reading something anecdotally and not knowing the context of it with regards to Demon Souls. Like, like there is a, a known thing of people taking the game into offline mode with the old monk because it's so frustrating. Mm. Um, yeah. But like to see that firsthand, it's just such a cool thing to think that these things were, you know, From Software was thinking about these things over a decade yeah. ago with regards mm. to boss design. Um, it, I mean, it's definitely not on the level, the bosses at least, on the level of challenging as the games that came afterwards, but I feel like the rest of the game makes up for that because the areas themselves yeah. get really, well, really hard. What, what I was going to say is that when it comes to the bosses, like it's clear that, I mean, I presume Dark Souls 1, they introduced phases. I don't actually know. Yeah, they definitely are there in phases. But it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's clear that after this game, uh, from like, hmm, like how can we make the bosses more challenging? And they mm. introduced phases, which is not a new thing. Like, Mario games have had Bowser doing different phases for the longest time, whatever. But it just makes sense in a game like this where you start a boss, not not Demon Souls specifically, sorry, the games that follow, you'll start a boss, be like, okay, this boss isn't bad. Get them down to like two thirds of their health and then they do something like, oh my God. And you get them down to a third of the health and they get even harder. It's like, oh my God. Um, But what I I really think Demon Souls emphasizes is that it's amazing. Well, what blew me away, I think, is that a lot of the DNA that's in this game you see in all the games that follow. Yeah. Like we've spoken about how the levels fold onto each other. And like if you've pointed out, they're not as optimized as the more modern games, but the, the thinking's there. Yeah. Like they did it. It's like, okay, well, you're going to do boss fights. We need to introduce a faster way to get there, you know? And there's just so many small touches. You're like, damn, they really thought of this. I mean, I thought Demon's was, I'm like, this game's going to be old. It's going to be, there's going to be so many system things that don't make sense and it's not going to be as optimized as Bloodborne mm. or Dark Souls 3 or even Sekiro because like it came out over 10 years ago, but it's still a damn good game. The, the framework, they nailed that framework yeah. the first time out. It's unbelievable. Like yeah. they've just been they've, polishing they've just that been, since. Yeah, they've just been polishing yeah. it with each game. So And, yeah, and it shows like they, I mean, like you said, the, the, the framework is there. The framework hasn't changed. No. They've just found ways to make it better. So it's mm. like, I yeah, I mean, I can understand why this game took the world by storm in 2009 because they're mm. really, still to this day, there is nothing like it. Um, yeah, the, and there's just something about From Games. If you you can talk to any, like I'm in this exact same camp where a lot of people recommended like Dark Souls to me and mm. even Bloodborne. And it's a thing of like, yeah, I probably will enjoy them, but I just haven't got around to them. And then... I mean, I played Bloodborne like two years ago, let's say. And since then, I've, uh, besides Demon, uh, Dark Souls 1 and 2, I've played every other From game since because they are so good. that They have like such a distinct flavor and style. Yeah. And while other games try to mimic them or take inspiration from them, there's nothing quite like the original Yeah, you know, the, I haven't come across there. anything that's... I mean, there, there are other games that are definitely coming close to that sort of formula. And you know, choosing to take what works for them in, in you know, if, with regards to their games, like Fallen Order, uh, I think yeah. took took good aspects from Dark Souls, but 
made it work within a Star Wars context, and I think that's a good game. Um, Although they don't quite explain why enemies respawn when you no, rest. No, yeah, just why, why do the Imperials magic. respawn? <laughs> like, doesn't really make sense. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's it, it feels like, for me at least, completing this game was a real redemption arc because I bought Demon's Souls on PS3. And uh, I, I remember the, the base edition of that game came with a walkthrough. And even with that walkthrough, I couldn't do shit. Like, yeah, it's I, a- I just didn't understand the game then. And so, like, playing that opening area and recognizing Boletaria and recognizing, like, the mines at first and then getting past that and then seeing everything for the first time was just really cool. And I'm just really happy we got the chance to to play this again. Yeah, and just on that, hats off to Bluepoint. So sure. just for those who don't know, for context, Demon's Souls is a FromSoft game that came out in 2009, but Bluepoint is a studio that basically just remade the entire game from the ground up, kept combats and everything, like systems, everything... Identical. Like, like yeah. replicated identically. And obviously the environments are like, I think, one for one, you know, but the level of visual polish that they've mm. added to this game, it's like, it, it is a showcase piece for the PS5. And oh, 100%, even, yeah. even when I, like, I'll never forget the, the actual reveal of it. It was literally just that prologue area running up to the, I can't remember what the demon is called. Demon. Like, Van, yeah, that, that boss. It's like seeing that for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like, Look how smooth this runs. Look how real, like not how real it is, but look how, like visually striking it is. And that's Bluepoint. They mm-hmm. have really proven that they are so good at remaking and remastering existing franchises. I still and get. I, I'd I love s- to know what they're working on next now because we still suspected get, uh, Demon Souls. I still get goosebumps whenever you do a Soul Arrow. Just the animation and the oh, light it's and good, the yeah. and the audio design as Your, well. It's just something yeah. else. Yeah, I wonder what they're working on. Um, I know before this came out, we we had both, I mean, there were rumors and whatever, but we were we, both we hoping for Demon's Souls. Yeah. yeah, it was Demon's Souls. Cause I don't know if it was like a, not a leak, but like you said, rumors, I guess. And it was like, yeah. is it a Demon's Souls rumor? And it was. If, so not, now, mis- if not mistaken, yeah. the rumors right now, although this might just be like, well, you know, fan, fan hoping is a, a full-on remake of Metal Gear Solid. I've also heard that rumor, and I would be down for that. I would be down for that. I would love to see Shadow Moses. A modern day. Modern day yeah. Shadow Moses. Although we did get a, I mean, this is like 15 years ago. There was a Metal Gear Solid remake for, I don't know if it was the GameCube, I think, Twin mm. Snakes. That is a full remake of the first game. Wasn't Twin Snakes the second one? No, Twin Snakes was 100% it was a remake of the like first the one. remake of the first ah. game, yeah. So... Makes me wonder, like, well, what will, you know? Listen, I'd, I'd, like you said, I'd play I, it. I'd, I'd, I'd play it either there. way, yeah. I, I would also play a full-on remake of Metal Gear Solid Three just to see that ridiculous ladder climb in. Oh my gosh! In a modern context. Using the full brunt of the PS Five, I just want to see Snake's ass climbing that ladder. In glorious 4K. Hell yeah! <laughs> that can render that scene in 8K. That can go all in. <laughs> I can go I all do, in do on that have, scene. Do you have anything else you want to add to Demon Souls before we uh, bounce off to... No, uh, I think it's a... Yeah, like you said, it's a showcase for the PS5. It's fantastic. Um, it's just a great launch yeah, title. Yeah, it's a fantastic like, launch yeah. title. It's like, it's definitely not a game for everyone, but I think it came out at a time where more people would try it than, than usual, and I hope you've had yeah. a good time with it because 
yeah i'm well, like itching at doing a new game plus run so yeah. well i mean that's exactly what i had so i mean i've i'm nearly done with my new game plus um oh actually not a new game plus yeah, i started, started just again, a, a fresh yeah. just you a started fresh a run. harry potter run i did yeah because and you know why it's because of that what you mentioned earlier that the good visual effects of Yo, the soul, the soul arrow. Arrow is so good. i was like well what other spells are there and warding you know, it's, it's the best but i got that spell on my, oh my first playthrough warding is the best spell ever it's life-changing so <laughs> much defense it's so good um but yeah from from demon souls originally out in 2009 six years later it actually doesn't seem like that long yeah, time. 2015 20, eh 20 i mean they did what demon souls dark, dark souls, souls one dark souls two so yeah. i suppose it's a game every two years and then and then 2015 they they dropped bloodborne on the playstation 4 and they've actually made that, a lot of games i mean if you think about the last games, 11 years yeah. it's demon souls dark souls one two and three bloodborne, bloodborne and sekiro, sekiro. it's wow. like every two years i'd say yeah it's, uh, they've got quite a good cadence and they're all and the games are good yeah <laughs> oh jesus unreal it's crazy um but yeah bloodborne is a 2015 game and while i haven't played every FromSoft game i do think it is probably my favorite mm. and i think it's just solidified by the fact that i played demon souls um and i bounced to bloodborne and you can just see how the same like we've said the blueprints there the same formula for combat that sort of things there but what bloodborne does differently is it just adds things that are not at all found in dark souls or demon souls so like for example you get a shield in Bloodborne, but you don't want to use a shield. Like you are incentivized to be aggressive because you can counterattack with a pistol, for example, and you get health. If you take damage, you get health back for attacking an enemy. So that's just a quick example of why Bloodborne's different. Uh, over and above that, the weapons in this game are hands down. Like one thing I will criticize in Demon's Souls, and it's not really a criticism, it's just that the the weapons are very like one-dimensional. Yeah, extremely. It's, they, yeah. They, you've got a light attack and heavy attack. Like, yeah. that's that. There's a lot you, of weapons to choose from. You but also visually can't tell the difference between a lot of things. I had a, no. had a normal sword and a fire sword. They looked identical. Uh, like Yeah, except the effect is different. Yeah, I guess. like, I, I, if I had them both equipped, like, when I was swapping between them, I'm like, uh, which one is like which? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because in Bloodborne, they introduced not like very unconventional weapons that first of all have a whole lot of different combinations between light attack heavy attack you can like tap your forward button and do like a leap attack but over and above that each weapon has a different form mm. um which is just yeah, weapons, great. If, yeah. if you haven't played it it's it's challenging but it's just real it's good. such a but, it's i'm amazed that you stuck with all the chalice dungeons uh, to get that platinum because if there's one part of the game that could definitely be better it is definitely the chalice dungeons. the chalice dungeons yeah but i think that is i can see why they put it in it's it's a nice excuse it gives players a good excuse to just keep playing the game mm -hmm. with the current character because it's basically there are set chalice dungeons but eventually you can just start spawning new ones if i'm not mistaken they're like I suppose randomly generated with different enemies and different but, bosses and yeah. yeah but the diff the reason i bring up a bloodborne specifically is that because now i've revisited it because i wanted to platinum it and i played the dlc the old hunters oh, um so which good. also came out in the same year if i'm not mistaken maybe uh, like, it was the year after was it the year after yeah. okay um and the old hunters dlc is basically just a i suppose an eight to ten hour experience mm. 
um, with five new bosses. And it's clear that from like design this DLC with the purpose of like, okay, it's the same sort of mentality as with Secure, I suppose, where it's a thing of like, our players know our game or our games inside out. Secure, we're going to introduce a whole new like sword system and combat system, yada, yada. But I still need to go back to that. Oh, yeah, you got to finish Secure. Yeah. But in Blood, Bloodborne's Old Hunter DLC, it's a thing of, okay, you finished the game. You know all these bosses, whatever, but we're going to throw you like a real curveball now and we're going to introduce some of the most memorable boss fights not only in this game but just in like the entire franchise and i finished it uh, last week and it is a really good dlc like a hundred percent dlc is one of those things where i don't play every dlc i come across because i'm like if, if i've had the main game like i'm sort of done yeah whatever. The, yeah. the very few exceptions i suppose like horizon zero dawn i suppose is a good example of like i enjoyed the game enough that i wanted more of that character in that build. That's and a good was, DLC as well, Frozen yeah, Wild. So yeah. the Frozen Wild was the same sort of idea of like here's a whole separate area on the map, new story, new weapons, whatever. Mm. There's an excuse to revisit and this snow. world. And snow. And the old hunters DLC is that. It's just a whole separate area with different bosses, different enemies, and a whole lot of new weapons, which I suppose is the biggest draw card of this uh, DLC, which is why I explained earlier like Bloodborne's weapons are just very cool. special. Um, like they are a big part of the game and yeah uh, I just I guess what you've I'm used to a weapon that, I've never tried um, the, that little glowy Tesla orb thing oh but I mean that that's from the main game it's from that's the main a, game yeah. yeah I was just I was watching your you posted a video today of your fight with Lady um, Maria yeah yeah the best boss in Bloodborne Oof, good oh, fight, Lady Maria good and I was just like wow this weapon looks like so much fun to use just like yeah great. I think it's it's funny because every time I've come across a weapon in Bloodborne, it's been a thing of... So the way the weapon works, basically, it's one of the, I suppose, one of the only weapons in the game that doesn't have an alternate form. Oh. What it does instead, though, is that if you hit the button you'd normally push to switch um, forms, whatever, it just charges up the weapon. It's, it looks like a baton, uh, I suppose. Yeah. So that's why you often see me just charging it up because what yes. you can do, you can, you can buff it. And I think that buff lasts like five seconds is, maybe, is that six, when it goes seven, all you know you when, I, when you know, like, the electricity yeah, and like stuff. you see it's it zaps yeah that's just me constantly buffing it doesn't cost uh, stamina or okay. anything okay but it, it it was a really fun weapon to play with and completely unintended because so i knew i was going to play the the dlc and i knew based on what you've told me and what other people have told me that one of the best parts of the dlc are the weapons mm -hmm. so I built my character sort of generic across the board, not focusing on anything specifically because I wanted to be able to equip a whole lot of things. But then in my main playthrough, I came across this weapon. I was like, huh, I've actually always wanted to try this weapon, but I just wasn't specced accordingly. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that, the I think it's the Tantris or the Tantris. It's, yeah, I think it's Tantris, I it, yeah. I think it benefits purely from like strength and skill and i was like well i've got a fairly good amount in both so oh, i thought it would would require arcane it, as well it requires a little bit of arcane okay like it's it's like a the lowest uh, determining damage factor i guess okay but it doesn't um, scale with arcane or something like a teeny tiny bit okay. um but what made this weapon fun wasn't was the fact that i had to choose when was a good time to buff it and ah. it just constantly keeps you engaged in the fight because it's a thing of like, I need to keep buffing my weapon to maximize the damage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost yeah, like choosing weapon. the right time to heal. Yeah, it, it's exactly that. And there were often times in boss fights where I took a hit because I was like, oh, like, why did I buff my weapon there? It's like a 
risk reward thing, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. But what did you do um, against like some bosses like um, uh, Dark Beast Pal, which is all electricity? Like, is that weapon at all effective against him? So when I started my playthrough, I was playing with the Saw Cleaver, which is a starting weapon Best I never weapon. used. weapon, I love that. And I used that against um, Dark Beast oh, he's Pal. A, he's a beast, so serrated damage, yeah. It's just a good Carved through him, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to harp on it too long because, like we've joked before, Bloodborne's probably the one game we speak about the most <laughs> in the podcast. I want we to I know how many times you died to Orphan of Cars. Uh, a lot of times. It I, probably... If I were to guess, maybe 30 to 40 times. Whoa. Maybe less, maybe more. I don't know. Wow. I mean, um, that's probably, I think the first time I faced him, I was close to that number as well. Yeah, it's, that is a, look, it's every a boss fight in game, that, yeah. real challenging, but that boss fight, that, that dude just, is he's mental he's so aggressive he's so fast it's and not only that he can't he counterattacks like yeah like a lot a lot more than like there are other bosses where you you can be aggro and you can chip away and you'll take a hit and you can like recover it because whatever but often of course it's like oh there's a window here i'm just gonna go attack and then he immediately counterattacks i'm like oh okay i I feel (laughs) like i feel like really gotta be careful i feel like that dlc is book ended by two of the hardest bosses in the game. Like Ludwig is hard. Um, oh God. Ludwig is Do- is hard in almost like equal parts bullshit. And then Koz is just yeah. ridiculously hard. You know, it's funny is that I almost missed Ludwig because it's it's in an he's in an area that you pass early on in the DLC. No, that's Lawrence. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. you're right. Lawrence is is someone you go back to. Yes. But yeah. I almost missed Lawrence because uh, I just no, he's like a secret boss. It's weird. And it's such yeah. a cool fight as well. And um, then John Mark and Mark was like, have you gone back to the cathedral? I was like, yeah. I have not. Why? He's like, just go back there. Yeah. I was like, okay. Went back there and I was like, oh, it's a boss. Cool, man. Like, it's a separate boss. It'll take me like a couple of attempts. That like boss was real challenging. Flaming yeah. Vicar Amelia, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good um, time. Well, it, it's actually, it's it's a, um, what's the first boss you fight oh, the cleric, cleric beast sorry yeah, it's yeah a flaming you're right it's a flaming cleric beast. and it's a thing yeah. of like you you know the sounds this beast does you know what it looks like what it does and yeah. you know to keep like, to its left you like you know uh, this beast is just on fire it's the same boss but on fire and it's my not god at all. when he's spitting lava <laughs> on the floor and real oh challenging goodness. boss fights it's yeah i mean i've been i've been begging you to play the old hunters for a long time because i do think it's like one of the best parts of bloodborne which is so good already but man that yeah. dlc is it's, just something else it, it's it so just good. supplements the game like you you can completely ignore it but mm. you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not playing it it's it, like i wouldn't i wouldn't say play it on your first playthrough of bloodborne mm-hmm. like you you 100 could but it's so challenging that i'd be like no play play bloodborne fresh like learn everything then come back to it on your next game not not new game plus necessarily, yeah apparently it's on hard on new game plus yeah, yeah. um, um I, I also feel like it adds so much lore-wise. I don't know if you've had a chance to... I've very briefly oh, read through man. stuff, but I want to go watch It fills so many and... holes in, in the lore, and it's just fascinating. I think it's mm. it's such a, a rich DLC in, in terms of like... And how it affects the game afterwards. I don't know if you... When you finished the DLC, you went back to the Hunter's Dream, and like Gearman is like sleeping. He's not having nightmares anymore. Like it... It alters really? your game I never world. noticed yeah. that. 
I know, I know that if you speak to, so with Lady Maria specifically, there's a link between her and the doll. I haven't quite figured it out, but from the very light reading I've done is that she, her and German were close or he, she was one of his students and mm -hmm. that there are, there's a belief like that maybe the doll, he used Lady Maria as an inspiration. Or yeah, they look like kind of similar, don't they? Yeah. And so if you speak, it's actually funny because every time I talk to the doll, I mash X because I'm just want to level up. Except after Lady Maria, I like mashed X. I was like, oh my God, there was yeah. dialogue there. Yeah, there's dialogue, missed. yeah. So I had to go look it up. And then I've since like read a few things. I'm like, oh, like there's a connection there. Yeah, it definitely is a connection. It's just, yeah. I think like I'm not going to harp on it for too much longer. But I think also what really makes Bloodborne stand out is that it's one of those games of there's a lot of story there, but it's not explicit. Yeah. Like one of my favorite parts of any From game like it, a lot of it might go over my head like i'll have a very basic understanding of the world and what i'm doing whatever but one of my favorite parts is just going and reading and watching mm. all the shit afterwards it's like and then you realize how much detail they put into all the this theories game. Like, all the you yeah. know the missing pieces that people are trying to like color in themselves it's all yeah it's one of my favorite parts as well i think it's great yeah so bloodborne, we'll leave game. You, we'll leave you with this if you have a ps4 ps5 and you have not played bloodborne it is a challenging game. Give it There's a play. There's no doubts about it, but you you won't find a more satisfying game to finish. So yeah, would highly recommend it. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, shall we move on to game releases? Yeah, we because we've harped on that and. <laughs> Cool. I, I, cool, I'm being load cool. shed soon, so yeah, yeah. We are recording this on a Monday evening because this weekend was just quite busy, so didn't have a chance to get there. But yeah, that's why we are on a bit of a tighter schedule than usual. Um, so game releases are pretty brief again. Um, looking at releases from would have been the 16th uh, to the 22nd of Jan, and we've got. One, two, three, four games. Yeah, four games. Sure. So this we, is why I'm replaying other stuff. <laughs> there's very little. Coming up. There's, uh, we've got Everspace 2 coming to Steam Early Access on PC January mm -hmm. 18th. So that's today. Um, big release for the week is obviously Hitman 3, PC, PS4, mm -hmm. PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Stadia uh, January mm -hmm. 20th. There's a whole big debacle now because... Um, on PC, it's exclusive to the Epic Game Store, um, but Hitman 2 isn't on the Epic Game Store, or people have bought Hitman 2 on games like Steam. So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with Hitman is you can bring the levels from previous games into Hitman 3, and yes. it automatically enhances them with uh, whatever upgrades have been applied to the engine. And now there's no way to currently do that with the Steam version of Hitman 2, but like Epic Games and IO Interactive are like, don't worry, uh, you don't need to rebuy anything. We're working on a solution. So that's yeah. that's coming anyway. Uh, Ender Lilies, Steam Early Access on PC, January 21st. And mm -hmm. then a game called Gravity Heroes, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch on January 22nd. I think that's a like a co-op platformer. I, th I remember looking it up for something. Um, yeah. God damn. So yeah, that's cool. Should we go to... Cool, cool, cool. To game news. Thanks to gaming news. That's I mean, quite a bit some of this might this be a bit old, but let me tell you, there was there was some banging news last week. Yeah. Which is surprising given that we're in January and 
you know yeah it's the well i i guess i guess the easiest one to just kind of tackle right now is like star wars is well in in essence lucas lucasfilm they're calling it lucasfilm games so lucasfilm mm-hmm. games is now the collective like publishing label that lucasfilm is using for all of their properties in terms of you know games i guess you could ask why didn't they just stick with lucas arts which they shuttered when you know Disney bought them, but yeah, yeah, it's Lucasfilm's ga- Lucasfilm Games. It's very confusing, um, okay. but it's yeah, they just had a slew of announcements. So aside from announcing that new label, um, they announced that they had partnered with Ubisoft, and Ubisoft was busy working on an open world Star Wars game, which mm-hmm. is exciting for two reasons. It means that the decade-long deal that uh, Star Wars and EA had is coming to an end and it will no longer be exclusive. So I think the deal is meant to last through 2023, which gives you an indication of how far away Ubisoft's game is because that should yeah. be coming soon. Um, but yeah, it means that Lucasfilm Games is, or Disney is opening up the floodgates to, to other publishers other. to kind of like pitch them on Star Wars games and make stuff. So Which is really cool because yeah. like i think ea definitely picked up their socks towards the laugh latter half definitely. of the deal yeah um but they really did nothing with the license for a long time like it, it wasn't until i mean even um is it what's the shooter is it battlefront 2 yes uh i think it's in a good space now also free on epic if you haven't grabbed it yeah um, grab it because it's like maddie said it um, is good now yeah well when it launched it was like it was a bad. hot mess yeah like really <coughs> excuse me really bad it's no it's great and Fallen Order was I thought Lala, Fallen Order oh, was wait, awesome that came out oh my god not last year the year before yeah 29, <laughs> end of 2019 yeah that was a really good like we actually mentioned it earlier because um, it did take some inspiration from Dark Souls but really good Star Wars like action game mm. that took a healthy health uh, oh my god I got my words completely mixed up there. a healthy helping of inspiration from several franchises so the combat of Dark Souls, the exploration of Uncharted or Tomb Raider, and like just other good bits, and made a fantastic Star Wars game. So, more of that hopefully coming, not necessarily from EA, and not specifically like third-person action games. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Squadrons came out end of last year. I think it reviewed well, but I, I don't know. It did, yeah. If, I've, if, I've heard a lot of people who've played it have had a good time with it. I haven't. I haven't uh, given it a go personally, but it's something I do kind of want to play because yeah. it, it looks great. So, But I mean, p- points point I'm getting, it's that EA only now in the last like two years, it's felt like I've really pulled up the socks. But it's uh, pretty I, cool to I see. I think uh, Jason Schreier actually said in the, in the world, it's been, what, seven, eight years now? Uh, in those eight years, EA has published four Star Wars games and cancelled three. So it's not a great it's, yeah. return, you know what I mean? Especially when two out of those four games published, like Battlefront 1 really fizzled uh, out. Yeah. And Battlefront mm. 2, like you said, is only really coming to its own now. So when you look at Fallen Order, which was really good, and then Squadrons, which was like a, a sort of like oh, budget-focused yeah. title, but did really yeah. well. You know, if I'm Disney and looking at that, I'm going, why did mm. we sign exclusive for 10 years? You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, them opening up the floodgates is great. But 
it's also not just Star Wars. Um, Bethesda, out of nowhere, oh my goodness, this, yeah. this week announced a Indiana Jones game that is being developed by Machine Games, who have developed the last two Wolfenstein uh, games, New Order and New Colossus. So that's a fascinating pairing to me. Yeah, um, which it's actually, I hear you like it's it's fascinating, but it's interesting because it almost kind of fits. Yeah. Well, like, it's two games about killing Nazis, I guess. Yeah, which I'm like, huh, it's kind of weird how almost on the nose that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who do we get to make an Indiana Jones game? It's like, hmm, get the dude's made wolfenstein on the phone <laughs> yeah i mean i mean that makes sense or, or yeah. maybe maybe it is the other way around they approached uh disney saying like hey <laughs> we made those games about shooting nazis we, we can do an indiana yeah. jones game you guys <laughs> have a property about nazis don't you dude yeah, in a hat has a whip i don't know got you but, i mean what what the game ends up being we don't know is. Yeah. Like, is it a first person shooter is it the third person game oh. is it a narrative i really hope it's game? not first person i don't want to be using a whip in first person oh my you say that except i'm trying to give an example of a <laughs> Mir- mirror's it edge it, with a whip yeah i was thinking more uh, dying light with a whip Ooh, i mean dying okay. light is a great game okay but but you know what that's taking it quite far because indiana jones he's got a whip but he doesn't necessarily use it exclusively for yeah traversing stuff it's more for just you know, I was, I was actually looking at a lot of people <laughs> talking about the ideas of where this game could go. And I think one of the things that stood out to me was Indy doesn't really kill a lot of people, if any, in the films. So if I the, mean, he does some people. Yeah, but, but if yeah. this game goes full on like Uncharted Nathan Drake style, like it would be very different to what Indy is in the film. So mm. I like the idea of machine games developing this indiana jones which has an emphasis on stealth and traversal and like outsmarting enemies as opposed to yeah. just murdering them so that sounds like something that could be cool i don't know um i'm curious to see what this ends up being because it's gonna be a 2d rpg <laughs> i i know they did say that this was just really starting development so again i don't think this comes out for at least three four years a long time yeah, yeah. a long long time but that's that's Disney opening the floodgates. Yeah, that's on, Disney really opening the floodgates on, on everything. Yeah. I think this is just the start. I think yeah. we're gonna see a lot more coming through. I next, would love this year or next year. I would absolutely year. love someone suggested it on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but get um Larian Studios, the people the guys who are making um Baldur's, Baldur's Gate games. three, get them yeah. to remake or make a sequel to Knights of the Old Republic. And I'm like Ooh. fuck yes. I would 100% cool. play that. Like, I'd there be was there. also, I, I think Jeff Keighley put out a tweet saying like, hey, the floodgates have opened. Reply with what shooter you want to make what game. Mm. And I can't remember what the specific details were, but somebody said, I want Sam Lake, the guy who's done... Um, oh, Remedy, yeah. Uh, Remedy, yeah. Remedy and Sam... Well, I want Remedy to develop a game written by Sam Lake about... I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh my God, like that would be... I think I think I saw that it was like a, if I'm not mistaken, like a, a game based on Asajj Ventress. The she she was a, like a Sith character in the Clone Wars. Ah, yes, that that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It's like write a game from the other side, and like just have remedy. Shit, that'd be like, pretty cool. Hmm. I I would give remedy a lot of slack to do something weird with Star Wars. I'd be so fucking down for that. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, um some quick stuff 
Hogwarts Legacy, that open world Harry Potter game, it's been delayed, delayed. to 2022. COVID, Damn. all of that shit. Um, the hole keeps getting deeper and deeper for CD Projekt Red regarding Cyberpunk 2077. So just quickly, because at this point it's quite old news, um, they the studio put out a video with uh, one of the founders basically breaking down what happened um, in the lead up to launch. The thing that stuck out to me in that video was them saying that they didn't see a lot of the bugs that console players saw at launch. And I'm like, you're just throwing your QA under the bus there, aren't you? Like, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I guess from legal reasons, they can't say they did see, see it beforehand because then they'd open themselves up, but that's a really shitty way of going about that. Um, if there was an investigation, because I mean, the this is old news now, but apparently stockholders are suing yeah. CD Projekt yeah. Red for like mis- misrepresenting the final product, yada yada. But can you imagine like it goes through a lawsuit and then they start digging up like I have to presume that QA people do reports. Oh, or, of like, course, I'm sure. So like it's like well, pull up reports from the last year and you pull up things. It's like oh, it's interesting how your QA people did detail all of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Like, it'd just be interesting. I, it's a it's a mess, top top to bottom. That whole thing. Like, so basically, they laid out like a roadmap that they're going to be putting out big patches. There's a patch coming, I think, in the next ten days, or should be coming soon, and then a much bigger one just after that. And they're going to have like patches rolling out um, for the foreseeable future before they start thinking about giving away some free DL- DLC till the end of the year. Mm. Um, I think the big news there was that the next-gen versions are only coming much later in 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. And then things just, like, kind of got worse because um, uh, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, formerly from Kotaku, did his whole reporting thing and spoke to, I think it was 20 employees, a mix of former and current at CD Projekt Red. And if you haven't read the article, it's it's worth... It's worth going through. There's some things in there that are like hit your head obvious, like a lot of developers saying that they thought this game was still two years away from being ready for launch and that a lot of content was cut in order to to hit the 2020 um, release date and lots of features they had previously envisioned didn't make it in. And, you know, some of those are the casualties of development. Um, I don't think any studio on earth... Uh, doesn't cut a feature or two or content here and there as they're approaching the finishing line, and that's their prerogative. Um, but what was interesting to me was that the game apparently was third person um, when it was being prototyped in 2016, when development really started, and that the switch to first person was kind of abrupt. Um, you know, just the fact that employees have been crunching for months on end, and that that promise yeah. that promised profit share was really like i think there was one programmer there being paid like 700 dollars a month which is like really nothing yeah um yeah and just just a lot of things that just make you know cd project red's apology look really you know less like an apology and just like they knew what was happening and they did like there's no question that the executives at that studio knew you you know they were taking a calculated risk in putting the game out as it was and Mm. It hasn't gone down well, so... No, it was a... Looking back on it now, it, I mean, we've spoken about this at length. How, it's actually very sad how yeah. CD Projekt Red, really the forefront of 
like setting the example of how to be a good game consumer studio, friendly you know, communi- like. communicating with with the player base just setting the bar for good practice well not necessarily like good development practice but just good pr and good mm. communications you know and I, then now like two months later not even two months i mean when it's able to come out like december yeah beginning of december it's like, yeah it's just it's yeah like the whole the whole sentiment towards them is like flipped yeah. and it's actually it's very sad it's one of the worst game launches i've ever seen like yeah. in 10 years of covering games i've yeah and, and like i think you're right it is it is sad um because you know cd project red is a studio whose games i'd always get excited about like witcher 2 incredible it made me so excited for witcher 3 and then that delivered in so many ways for me um mm-hmm. and i just can't bring myself to play cyberpunk in the state that it's in now and like yeah. in the same way that bioware like is now like i'm more trepidatious than excited for their well, projects yeah. like i that's how i feel now towards cd project red and yeah like it what's is sad their, you know like if i mean if the next game for argument's sake were to be the witcher 4 or whatever mm. they decide like in that universe i think people would be excited but it will be like yeah hmm, i hope it's not just, this again let's just first see what they come up with yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. Anyway, we're, that but, saga is continuing. Yeah. It is ongoing, and I don't but think just, it's going to go away for a just while. Just a closing thought on that. Like, they, they, um, the, I mean, obviously, what happened is inexcusable. Mm. But we also have to keep in mind that the the bar that was set for Cyberpunk with expectations was just like also in its own right a ludicrous thing of like people were expecting the second coming and. You know, in players' defense, this is not at all what the problem is. Like, the game is broken. Yeah. But I just think it's made even more disappointing by the fact that people really were expecting, like, holy shit, this is going to redefine first-person RPGs, how The Witcher did for third-person adventure games back then. And I, and I think CD Projekt Red is partly to blame for that because... Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not, not at all... I'm not putting that on the players at all, but yeah. uh, the expectations were definitely there. I just, I just think like I, you know, I recall the demos I saw at E3, and the interviews I conducted with with designers, and the ideas that they were pitching were. I mean, I understand why people were swept up in this excitement for it because, like, I came oh, out yeah. of those demos going, "Holy shit! Like, this thing's ambitious," and you mm. know, they showed us a vertical slice, and it's really easy to to like get swayed by that sort of stuff, but. And I mean, at the end of the day, the two demos I saw across two years, they're in the game. They're they're both mm. at the beginning of the game. So those things are there, but they, yeah. they're nowhere near, you know, the, the sort of ambition or the ambition of the the way that world worked. It is doesn't mm. live up to what they at the time thought it would be. No, absolutely. You know? and, yeah. I, and I don't think at the time they were going, oh, we're going to say this and that's definitely not going to, you know, that's definitely not how the game's going to be designed. I think they had those ideas. But then yeah. reality brushed up against it, and yeah. you know it's it's biting off more than you can chew. That's basically yeah, for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What other news do we have to fly through? What else? Um, uh, Battle.net okay, got its uh, first makeover in like forever. So really, yeah. Battle.net two point Hey, go Lord. go play some um, Call of Duty. So this was this was last week's news, but it's relevant this week because Capcom are now going to showcase some resident evil oh, yes. village gameplay this week that's very soon which yes very excited to see because resident evil so resident evil village as far as i know is a direct sequel to resident evil 7 yes it which is. was 
a very strange but very good departure for the franchise as a whole. It was the first, well, actually, I lie, it's not the first first-person Resident Evil, um, but it was a first-person Resident Evil. Is it not? I know. I know you're looking confused, but there were like PS1 light shooter games that were uh, controlled okay. from a first-person perspective. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, Resident Evil games for the most part are either third-person, you know, over-the-shoulder shooters or fixed camera whatevers. Resident Evil 7 was like, for starters, first person. And secondly, just, you didn't fight zombies. It was far more survival. Oh, yeah. The setting was completely different. You're like in a backwater. Yeah, you're in Louisiana. It was was just like such a stark difference to what's come before it, but in a good way. Like, it really, I think, did so well. And it's just interesting because after that we went back, we went back to history. We got a uh, Resident Evil Two remake, Resident Evil Three remake, but now finally we are pushing the story forward with a sequel to Resident Evil Seven, mm-hmm. which stars <laughs> Roy Royd Master Chris Redfield, looking even more buff with each game. Well, I think so. you actually still play as Ethan, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, yeah, you, yeah. you play as Ethan for sure, but um, um, I mean, like, you still, you see Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, Roy did Chris is still there. Um, and I'm curious to see what the game is because it looks like it takes a lot of inspiration from Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. It looks um, weird. It's like got yeah, vampire ladies and werewolves and Yeah, because I mean, remember when Resident Evil 4 came out, that too was a weird departure because mm. before that you were fighting zombies in a city or in a mansion and then Resident Evil 4 you were dropped off in some village in Europe and you were just fighting angry villagers <laughs> for, for wasn't it like a city in Spain or something like that who, yeah. who had very deep trend, a very deep trench coat oh, with the mansion was great mansion was good and yeah Resident Evil 4 was really good so this takes some inspiration from that and I'm very curious to see what the game looks like because yes. we haven't seen that we've only seen like trailers so yeah, yeah i'm i'm keen to see because they they said they're showing off gameplay for the first time which is cool um i assume it will have a um release date as well uh but what gets me excited is that they said the event is for resident evil village eight however you want to say it and other resident evil Vlade. projects Oh, really? So mm. I'm wondering. I mean, getting... there could be that Netflix series update, the movie. Uh, the, they rebooted the the movie as well, so it could be that or Resident Evil Four remake, which is rumored to be in development. Yeah, which is it's actually kind of weird because what if Eight is basically like first person Resident Evil Four, oh my God. which is real good. I'd be there. But now we're gonna get Resident Evil Eight and then <laughs> Four remake. I would which play a remake. Not of complaining. Four. Like j- yeah, for just sure. like. From a gameplay perspective, it's the least, the one that needs to be touched up the least compared to like yeah. two and three. But just seeing that in the RE engine, oh my goodness! Oh, real good. I want to hear Leon yeah, scream I'm in for HD. That, showcase. that is on what's the day today? It's, it's the twenty first, I, I think, isn't it? It's Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Um, hosted yeah, by see. Blonde Nerd. What's her name? Who the hell is Blonde Nerd? She's a she's a content Britney creator with What's Convention. Good Games. Okay. She's really cool. Um, nice, nice, nice. What else? Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's I about. I think that's think that's all the big that's stuff. It, yeah, it's all the it's all the big stuff for the week. Do you, should we get into questions before your before Escom decides oh to shut us down? Going off. So tell everyone we send questions. And ah, I'll pull them up okay. quickly. You can if you want to send us questions. 
can get us on all of our social platforms. That's Checkpoint Chat on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, obviously. Uh, you can also email us, checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. Email us at about anything, any time of the week. Message us any time of the week. Our DMs are open. All of the things. All yeah. of the things. Okay, so we have a handful of questions from Megs on Twitter. Cool. So, question number one, he asks, do you prefer photographs or videos for moments that happened in the past? Um, mm. Photographs. Uh, hmm. If I think about what I have currently, it's photographs. So, yeah. I don't... I very rarely go back and look at videos per se. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was, no, go for it. Yeah, no, no. That's that's basically I, it, yeah. No, I was, I was going to say I agree with you in the sense that it's... A video is a thing of like you have to like literally sit down and watch a video, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas photos are just... You could just swipe through photos and I don't know, like all the memories you experience in a shorter space of time are quite something like what a good example i guess is one of my favorite things to do every now and then like I, I hardly use facebook but the only thing i actually do end up using it for is to go look at the memories tab uh yeah because then yeah. it feeds you things you posted like have like since you've been on facebook on that day you know and i'm like a lot of stuff i read i'm like damn past matthew was he was doing a lot of growing up to he do a lot <laughs> <laughs> past matthew had really incredible so hair some things I posted, I'm like, why did I post that? Like, what does I think? And I'm like, I look at things that some young people post today, and I'm like, yeah, mm. you've got some growing up to mm. do. I, I was there too. I was mm. there too. Even even the things where, I mean, it's worse when you when you go look at something where you thought you were at that point of realization then, and you look at it now, you're like, oh no, I was still far away. I know. I was still far away from the real. Re and then you'll look back at this moment three years from now and be like, fuck, what was I thinking? What does I think? I think that's the nature of life. Yeah. You get experienced, you look back and go, it's just regret one after the or other. <laughs> <laughs> or you look back and go, hmm, I did good. Man, I was wise. I was, I was, I was real gross. smart, <laughs> you know, ahead of my years. Oh my goodness. I'd never have that thought. No, I've never <laughs> had that thought either. <laughs> uh, next question is e if. Email is mainly a boomer technology, much like mail is a silent gen technology. Then social media is a millennial technology. I think that's an observation. Wait. I'd, I, I wouldn't wait, think on. of email wait. as a boomer technology at all. No. Uh, so wait, uh, that is a question. Mick says, is email mainly a boomer technology, much like mail is a silent gen technology? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think don't, so. I don't think so. Email is a weird exception in that it's still very relevant today despite being so many decades old like think about how like many other things have evolved over the last few years even just social media for example like we've got twitter and facebook and instagram and tiktok now whatever but those didn't exist really like mm. 10 15 years ago um, depending how old you are whereas emails like emails ancient by today's standards but Imagine running any kind of company or organization without email. It's just oh, like it's impossible. It's a yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. But I also don't think like like email came hand in hand with the internet. So, oh yeah. Like so if I'm thinking of boomers, I'm thinking of technology from like 1970, 1980. <laughs> and sure, a lot of people who technically really classify as boomers now were children then, and then grew up with the advent of the internet. Yeah. But I would definitely think it's like 
our technology. It's definitely a millennial technology. Um, yeah. And then social media is like a Gen Z thing, 100%. It's a Gen Z thing. Uh, which, which this is how now I'm getting old because it's the thing of like, in my head, you think, yeah, all the kids are on social media. They all love Facebook and Twitter. It's like, no, they don't. The, the preferred platform of a lot of younger kids it's Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, like, it's wild. They're not, it's, they're not at all it's interested It's a completely in, different landscape, like, yeah. Like, damn, am I old? Yeah, <laughs> but, stuck but on, that's why I say, like, like those, social, social media, media is such a Gen Z thing because it's like we saw the birth of it, but they are the ones really interfacing with it on a level that I don't understand. Like, I, I don't you, understand that you shit. You have to educate yourself and get on TikTok. I mean, because I read TikTok a story the other day time. about 18-year-olds earning millions of dollars from Snapchat because they're mimicking something from TikTok. And Snapchat what? is literally just paying videos, paying creators who create viral videos just like thousands of dollars. And I'm just like, okay, okay, man. <laughs> like, I, right, man. I mean, I get it, but it's a whole different world that I just, it, I, I don't get it, yeah. I'm old. Yeah. I'm nearly 30. Good Lord. How old are you this year? 29. Mm. <laughs> I laugh just to think that you're going to turn 30. Then I'm going to know that I'm really old. Yeah, then then you're real old. You're going to turn 30 that I'm going to be like, help my hip. Is, Len- so is Lenska 30 yet? <laughs> She's turning 30 this year. And we, we're bracing for a lockdown birthday, which is like, I'm quite happy with that. <gasps> she, can, she can celebrate her birthday in Animal Crossing again. Yeah, we're gonna do Animal Crossing again. Okay, I'm um, What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were saying we we said we missed it for Christmas, or even New Year. Yeah. I'm sure there were I, some things we just straight up missed. The, the I, I saw some people like posting their like as as the clock hit midnight on New Year's like celebrations on the Animal Crossing Island. I'm kind of bleak I missed that. that yeah yeah i completely it's probably the i mean i was look i, I don't was know what's gonna sleeping, happen end so of this year like, now i was awake i would have a hundred percent done that be like oh i was sleeping i was so boring it's like the second year in a row where i've done nothing oh, in years and honestly like, super you're fun you're a 30 year old in a 29 year old body 28 year old body <laughs> just you can't old. be doing these things at 30 plus year old dude you're not even there yet <laughs> what are you gonna do when you turn 30 you're gonna start yelling at kids yeah exactly get off my lawn <laughs> Get off my lawn. It's 9, it's 9 p.m. Sleep time. <laughs> what is this Snapchat nonsense? Oh, God. I'm already there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then last question, which, interesting. What is Matthew's game of 2020? Well, what? This is Didn't we, we have plug. a whole podcast about that? We had a whole podcast about that. And my game of the year, unlike Alessandro's, was not Hades. Loser. My game of the year was Final Fantasy VII Remake. You know, Megs is not going to be happy about that because it's only part of the I game, know. Matthew. He he has a vendetta against Final Fantasy, which I don't I don't entirely understand because look, I understand where it comes from, but having played the game now myself and seen what they've done, I'm like, of course it's going to be a multi game franchise. Oh, and that's fine. Also just from everyone I've heard who played the game, like they don't feel like it's a part of a story. It is like No. It is almost like Final Fantasy thirteen with its two other yeah, sequels. It is a complete game. Yeah, that's like I've said. It's like if this game came out, say Final Fantasy VII didn't exist for whatever reason. <gasps> if this game came out in isolation and you played it, you'd get to the credits and be like, oh, they're teasing. Like the game's not mm, done. They're clearly going to make a sequel. Mm. But now people because they know. get hung up on it because yeah. they know. But I'm like, if you've played the game, you'll know that you might be surprised where they take the franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
And I can't even tell you because you haven't played the game. I, I haven't. Talk um, I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, but I, <laughs> I'm trying to do a palate cleanser with shorter games before I dive into something that long again. Because Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, man, it took a lot of time. Demon Souls, and yeah, you, you need yeah. like a like a three to eight. Yeah, hour I, I need like a Call of Duty campaign or something. Just you know. You know, it's funny is that I wish I had the Call of Duty campaign on Switch because I 100% would have played that because I do have that still to play. Oh, but haven't you? But it's real good. I haven't played it yet. Uh, yeah, Cold no, War. It's, get to that. it's a fun campaign. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's oh, the Call of Duty campaign. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, there was something so, I wanted to say about Final Fantasy and I forgot now. Um, that it's the best game ever. Oh, hmm? yes. Square Enix uh, trademarked a few, like, names possibly for the games and people are like huh that sounds like a, a sephiroth game and uh, maybe a remake of crisis core and i'm just like "Ooh, give what? it to me <laughs> give it to me well, that is interesting oh hmm. your jesus the thing. crisis core like the one of the most underappreciated not not underappreciated i think people have played it one of the best appreciated, games but might have ever. one of the most underplayed overlooked games real good it, but if you don't know crisis calls a prequel to final fantasy it will 7. teach you to love zach and hate cloud it will it will make you cry yeah i'm just I gonna come out at the end of the game it is fucking heartbreaking you could be the the toughest person on this planet you tell me that you don't roll credits in that game oh my god don't have a little a little baby it also explains things cheek. in final fantasy 7 that like don't make sense otherwise it like it it fleshes him out more, but especially to do I with Aerith and Cloud, like there's things there that you don't understand if you don't know who Zack is. Like, yeah, well, look, if you play Final Fantasy the OG and you explore, the, I mean, it's stuff that's very easy to miss, but there are certain cutscenes that you can trigger that it's it like fleshes out Zack a bit more, gives you a bit more on like how Cloud came to Midgar, all of that. You can basically watch the end of Crisis Core Seven, um. Crisis Core in Final Fantasy VII, like mm. in very badly low poly, <laughs> you know, cutscene, whatever. But it's it's there. Like they do sh they, they do indicate that. But Crisis Core just I don't know. It's Fleshes like a good it excuse so to yeah. flesh out the the prequel Final Fantasy VII. And if there's a Sephiroth game, for example, <gasps> that's 100% Square saying, well, people like this character. Let's just make money off it. Sephiroth is like the Boba Fett of Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah. It, look, if there's a Sephiroth game where it's you just doing bounties or jobs for um, Shinra, then sure. I'm just imagining okay, cool. Boba Fett with a really large sword now <laughs> and a jetpack. I mean, if he used that one weapon from the Mandalorian, that spear, or whatever. Yeah, mm. would have mm. been a different movie. Return of the Jedi. Luke might have died. Who knows? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, well I think that that's it. We're gonna leave before we don't save the episode you know oh, fuck. if the power just goes off i'm just gonna cry imagine like, absolutely oh. cry because i yeah, yeah I, I think it would do that. try and auto recover something i don't know if it would get everything i don't i don't know listen, you'd have to record I, a i don't want to know a separate thing best not knowing um <laughs> no. but that has been episode 129 of checkpoint chat again sorry it's a bit late mm -hmm. and apologies mm -hmm. in advance if the audio is not up to scuff up to scratch Not that's to the word scuff. that's the word um yeah it's been a good good bit of a hurried episode but we'll be back next week back. got things brewing we are, things are happening we are getting closer and closer to the video stuff oh, yeah. which is exciting oh yeah 
got um, to see some stuff today. Very, yeah. very excited about it. So yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled. Mm, keep you no, future, not, not your eyes, your eyes, your eyes, your eyes. Sorry, Matthew comes from Joburg. You have to excuse him. He's, I'm he struggles to enunciate. <laughs> oh God, get out of here! <laughs> are you in an accident? That wasn't get your out of here! Unless they are sponsoring us, you do not get to talk about Michael De Broglie. Oh I'm going to hit up Michael De Broglie and tell him to sponsor us. <laughs> like, dude, I, I sound like you. Sponsor oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. We will see you again next week. And have a good one. Goodbye. Fable. Call us on 0800. Get out of here. Stop. No. <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>